and welcome to Educators to Educators podcast. I'm Carrie Conover, and this is episode number 47, Using Escape Rooms in the Classroom. Before we dig in with our guest today, I have three quick, important announcements for all of you. First of all, registration for the free online New Year Reboot Conference is opening this Friday, November 1st. Make sure you grab your spot. This New Year Reboot Conference is taking place on December 28th and 29th, and it is packed full of over 70 presentations for pre-K to 12 teachers, all focused on teacher wellness, classroom environment, and surviving good old testing season. Again, this conference is completely free, online, get professional development from the coziness of your home or on vacation or wherever you are, make sure you sign up. The second thing I want to let you know is the E2E membership site has added completion certificates to membership. That's right. If you complete a module within the membership site, you can request a certificate of completion to turn into your school district. This is new to that membership site. If you've been wavering on becoming a member, right now is the time. It is still only $10 a month to be a member. That is going up after this New Year Reboot Conference, so you want to get into that now. Speaking of the New Year Reboot Conference and members, there's a lot of perks for being a member during the Reboot Conference, but the biggest perk is you get in a day before everyone else. All E2E members get in one day before, and again, you are the only ones that can apply for that certificate of completion. Make sure you get signed up for your E2E membership site. And my last announcement has to do with our guest today. So in the membership site currently, we have been focusing on using games in the classroom. There are so many resources on how you can use games and gaming in your classroom. It's super easy, super inexpensive, and a lot of fun. Today's guest is going to talk to us about project-based learning and using escape rooms in the classroom. Before we introduce our next guest, if you're interested in signing up for the New Year Reboot Conference, making sure that you get your certificate of completion for anything you've done in the E2E membership site, or you want to become a member, head on over to educators2educators.com. Once again, that's educators, the number two, educators.com. We can't wait for you to be part of all the excitement that's happening here as we close the year 2019. Today's guest is Shelly Reese. Shelly is an education consultant and curriculum designer who was an elementary classroom teacher for 23 years, working primarily with students in the intermediate grade levels. She has a master's degree in teaching with an emphasis on professional learning communities as well as an ESL certification. Shelly is passionate about creating and utilizing classroom materials that engage students in the learning process. And she believes that by providing students with the tools and skills to effectively organize their thoughts and learning, they will achieve a greater level of academic success. Shelly, for the past five years, has served teachers throughout the world with her creative, time-saving resources 
Teachers using her educational materials have had positive impacts on their students' learning and growth, and she loves making upper elementary activities that have the maximum amount of fun for students with the minimum amount of prep for teachers. She has mentored and worked with teacher authors, and she was recently a keynote speaker at the Teachers Pay Teacher National Conference. We are so lucky to have Shelly joining us on the podcast today. Shelly, welcome to Educators to Educators podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Carrie. So Shelly, you live in rural Wyoming, is that correct? That is correct. We moved here about two and a half years ago, and I love it here. It sounds very peaceful and very different from the Chicago suburbs that I live in. I went to Wyoming. We went, uh, we did a big, huge road trip to Yellowstone and Jackson Hole last year, and I could really see myself living in a more rural area now that I've taken that trip. Yeah, I definitely think there is something to be said for living in the slower lane. Um, It's just... I love going up into the mountains and riding our four-wheelers and camping and um, then coming back down to my cozy house. So (laughs) it's just, it's a lot of fun. That's amazing. And I I loved when I got to know this about you, that you are a mother of four boys. That's awesome. (laughs) Yes, I have a lot of gray hair, um, (laughs) but um, I cover it up pretty well. But I love being a mom of boys. It's, it's my first joy in life. So I'm guessing that being a teacher for 23 years and a mom of four boys, you know kids well and you know what gets kids excited about learning something new. Yeah, I think that's pretty safe to say. Um, I love making learning fun. Um, and I loved it when my own boys had teachers who liked to try unique approaches to learning. And I still have a son who's, um, in high school. He's, uh, our youngest is a senior this year. And for example, he has this world history teacher who is amazing and they do the coolest things in that class. And my son loves that class. So there's a lot to be said for keeping learning fun. I love that he's still seeing that as a senior in high school, right? Because a lot of times the older they get, you see less and less of that. So that really warms my heart that he's still getting that, you know, as an almost adult or adult in high school. Yes, definitely. Um, And it keeps him excited about going to school. So I'm thrilled about that. That's amazing. Well, that was a lot better than the world history coach or uh, I'm sorry, I say coach because he was a coach. Uh, that I had my teacher who showed us black and white videos every day. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really going to keep kids interested, isn't it? <laughs> Especially world history. Like it was not, it was not pretty, but um, today we are going to be talking about student engagement through using escape rooms and project-based learning, which we're going to talk about how those tie together. So that's our overarching theme. And if you've listened to an E2E podcast in the past, you know I'm obsessed with threes. There's so much research around that our brain, including our children's brains, learn well in patterns of three. And so we always talk about three subtopics. The three subtopics we're going to talk about today with Shelly are by keeping learning fun and fun for students, uh, we increase their curiosity in learning. And how escape rooms slash project-based learning, um, they don't have to be complicated. Shelly has done a lot of 
writing and curriculum writing and um, has an amazing store in TPT. And so she knows this. It doesn't always have to be complicated to be fun. And then finally, we're going to talk about how you can create excitement leading up to the various activities you do with your students. So should we, shall we dive in, Shelly? Yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, I also have to say three is my lucky number. So um, that's fabulous. I'm ready to talk about this in the um, realm of threes. Awesome. <laughs> See, we already have so much in common. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about keeping um, learning fun um, for students. And so how do you get, how do you know when you're designing something for students that they are going to love it? Talk to us a little bit well, about you don't always know that something is going to be a hit, but generally speaking, any time that you can pique their curiosity um, or you can have an activity that is hands-on, that includes some movement, that includes some connection with other students, that is going to probably be a win. So anytime you can have those particular aspects in a lesson, it's going to be fun for the students. Right. Like back when we were in school and a lot of times we sat in our seats in rows a lot of the day, you know, yes. that now if you can get them out of their seats and connecting with lots of different students, you're absolutely right. They're going to want to come back to school the next day. Exactly. So talk to us a little bit about project-based learning and escape rooms um, and how you design those to be fun while still getting the learning in. Sure. So with escape rooms, um, they're really great for promoting deeper level thinking. So sometimes I will involve puzzles or clues um, that lead to the next things. And the students stay involved. They stay excited. But at the same time, as a fifth grade teacher, I, um, when I was in the classroom, I knew I could not waste time. I didn't have time to waste because testing season was coming. And I had to get in all the things. So the nice thing about um, escape activities or project-based learning, and I'll differentiate between those two in just a second, is that um, you can definitely keep the activities rigorous. You can keep them academically aligned. You're just presenting that information in a different way. So it's all about the presentation. It's not necessarily about the topic. Interesting. What, let's pause for a second and kind of tap into what you're saying. Let's first talk about, you know, the difference between problem-based learning and escape rooms, especially for some of maybe our newer teachers. And then can you talk about what is an escape room and how it works? Sure. So um, escape rooms are, I look at those as maybe a one or two day activity. It's going to take just a couple of lesson periods or maybe just one to get through the activity itself. And then project-based learning is, I look at it as it's more of a long-term thing. It could, it could be a week long. It actually could be a month long. And both of them, however, are really going to keep your students engaged. Um, project-based learning is where you give students a, like an opening question, a driving question. So for example, with project-based learning, I have one that, um, is very popular and it's called Design a Haunted House. And so students um, get to design their own haunted house. But the way that you would start that would be, you wouldn't say to them, we're gonna start a haunted house today, um, or we're gonna design a haunted house today. You're going to start it by saying something like, um, 
sorry, you're going to start it by saying something like, you know, if you were going to design a haunted house, how would you design it to keep people coming back? Or how would you design it to attract these types of people? Ooh. And um, how would you design it to attract families with young children? Or how would you design it to attack uh, to attract teenagers? And so that would be your driving question that you would open it with. You maybe would show them some videos of some haunted houses that are out there. Make sure you pre that preview them ahead of yes. time, though, because <laughs> um, you never know what you're going to get with that. Um, but I think when you kind of set it up in that direction, students are going to take that question and they literally will run with it. And so then you're going to incorporate some real life math and writing skills with that, you know, have them lay out a floor plan. Let's come up with a perimeter and area, you know, come up with a budget to build it, all of those things. So obviously that's not going to take place in just one class period. That's going to be like a week, right? So that's project-based learning. Escape rooms. I have to oh. cut you off real quick, Shelly, okay. for two reasons. One, my brother-in-law actually owns a haunted house. It's one of the best ones. Oh, I love it. Yes. And he <laughs> um, keeps begging us to come, and I refuse because I'm too scared. Oh, but, I love um, haunted houses. I know. Maybe this year will be the year. But the second <laughs> thing, I, I just want to stop because I'm thinking about a teacher listening to this. And I think the key to what you're saying is if you went to students and said, okay, design a haunted house – they're going to think kind of one dimensionally and they're going to plow through that so fast. Right. Right. Okay. What I like about the questions you're asking is even me as a 41 year old, I was like, Oh, how could you market to, you know, families with young children and market to teenagers? Ooh. And so you, you show kids how to really think in a deeper way and and just that one dimensional way. And I love that. Thank you. And I also think too, it's important, just like any project to provide that rubric ahead of time. So there are some parameters and guidelines in place that they know, okay, I have to come up with a poster that is going to advertise this and this has to be on the poster. And um, okay, I have to create a commercial for this. It has to be 30 seconds long, um, but I'm going to have to try to attract that target audience with my commercial. So like all of those things, I think just having that rubric in place is very, very helpful. Awesome. That's so helpful. Okay, Shelly. So before we move on to this second topic, I really appreciate what you kind of differentiated. So project-based learning might be something that you're doing for an entire week or a month, very long-term. An escape room is something that you're going to do maybe over a day or two. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. It could, yeah, it could be longer, but I think traditionally I would, I would plan for maybe one or two class periods. Okay, perfect. And this is great if you are maybe doing like reviewing for your students, getting ready for a test. When would you use an escape room in your classroom? There's really no right or wrong time to use an escape room. You can use it to introduce a topic. You can use it while you are diving deeper into a topic. It would be great for test prep and test review time um, because that is traditionally a pretty boring time of year. So anytime we can make those things fun, that's like a win. And so there's really no right or wrong time of year to use these. Love it. Okay. So you said that escape room activities do not have to be complicated. So when I think escape room, 
which I've only been to as an adult at a work function, I think about lots of codes and locks and boxes and all kinds of things. So how does a teacher on a low budget maybe build an escape room that isn't as complicated? Right. So it does not need to be complicated. Now, it can be. You can have those locks and you can have those combinations and those codes and things, but you definitely don't have to have them. Um, So the way that I would set it up and the way that I have set it up um, is you could have perhaps five tasks. So let, let me just take an example. I have a, an, I call it escape room, but it's, it's actually more of a challenge type of activity. Um, And I have one called find the hidden treasure and it's all pirate based. And the students have to collect five pirate items that I would give them. They get to collect one item every time they complete a task that I give them correctly. So let's say, for example, the first task I, I give them is maybe five um, multiplication problems. And as a group, they're going to work through those together. They're going to solve them. When they have solved them, they bring them up to my desk or find me in the classroom where I'm at. I check them quickly. If it looks right, they get the pirate item and they get their next task. I hand them both of those items. And so then they move on to the next task and we go through the same thing. So once they have finished all five tasks and they've collected all five pirate items, they have completed the escape challenge. They've completed the challenge and they have won a prize. So essentially, I set it up without any locks because I know that not all teachers have access to those things and sometimes it can get expensive and we all need no teachers just, you know, we... (laughs) We spend enough money without having to worry about all the extras. Um, And then, so I just feel like it does not have to be complicated. If you have task cards, do you know what task cards are? Yes. Okay. So basically, for our listeners who don't know, a task card has one question typically per card. And you could give a student or you could give a group or a team or a student, if you want them to do this individually, you could give them a card. They solve the problem on it. They bring it up to you. If it is solved correctly, you put a check mark on their paper or something like that. And once they have five check marks, 10 check marks, essentially they have finished your challenge and they are then rewarded. So it doesn't have to be complicated. I, I'm all about simplicity, but I'm also all about fun. So anytime I can marry those two things together, it's a huge win. I love that. And I'm assuming that, you know, every once in a while you throw some prizes in there for the winner. Oh, (laughs) yes. Oh, yes. I love prizes. Students love prizes. My fifth graders were all about, you know, just they they would get so excited about the, the simplest things. Even I'm telling you, even sticker charts, like at fifth grade, they loved it. Yes. And I'm, I love stickers. So it was kind of fun. Um, I but, also taught fifth grade and I'm like, they, fifth graders love, and they still love helping you. Like one of my yes. was you get to on Friday afternoon, help me clean my desk. Yes. They, they loved that. Exactly. They you know, they got yeah. to have extra time with me. I know at fifth grade, I think they still think you're cool. So um, at least I, I, that was my perception. Maybe that wasn't really the case, but I'll take it. Um, Yeah, I love prizes and I always try to make it um, 
relate to the challenge. So for example, for this pirate challenge, I included for my teachers um, who were using it, um, award certificate and also this envelope that they could assemble and put Rolos inside of, and the Rolos are kind of like little gold coins. So um, they would get their pirate's treasure when they were finished. And um, I, I love giving away little things like that. So actually pirate's booty would be super cute with that too. Yes. And I think pirate's booty is one of those things that's like nut free, like you can get it dairy free or whatever, but even little treats like that, you could ask a parent to, Hey, would one parent send in, you know, a case of those little mini pirates booty? I mean, there's so many fun things. Right. Absolutely. And you could also, you know, you could order like from Oriental trading, you could get pirates eye patches that could be the prize even, you know, they, they win their patch when they're done. So I think anything that kind of ties in and also just let me, yeah. So I'll wait because I know we're going to talk about creating excitement leading up. Let's go in there. This all transition us. Um, Okay. So I, I love this. So we know why it's important to get kids out of their seat and get them excited. We've talked about that. Then we talked about why you can make them simple and how to make them simple. Let's, let's finish this with talking about how do you get kids excited to do these? How do you warn them ahead of time that they're coming? Tell us a little bit about that process. Absolutely. So I feel like setting the stage leading up to this is really key to making the most of these moments. Um, I, I'm all about making memories for students as well. So I want them to remember that excitement that led up to, if you think back to Christmas growing up, you know, it was the excitement leading up to Christmas morning, which for me was more fun than anything else. You know, it was putting the cookies out. It was hearing the Christmas music. It was seeing the lights. It was all of those things. And so when we talk about these fun activities that we're doing, I say set the stage. And so I would set the stage with music, maybe put some clues on the board during the week leading up to the event. You could even send out invitations so that students would not want to be absent on that day. And, um, you know, I just feel like leading up to it, you could do that. Once again, they don't have to be complicated things, but every morning you could have some fun little pirate music playing as your students come in and they're going to be like, why is she playing pirate music? Well, on Friday, the day of the event, they would know why. Mm. And so um, I love doing that. I really like that too for, I could imagine see myself using it as a way, you know, if we had a big test or a project due or something coming up on a Friday that maybe in the afternoon, you know, do an escape room as like a reward for the class slash a party. They're still learning. I could see that being really fun too. I completely agree. Yes. What, what, how do parents react to escape rooms? Do you think, how do you, do you think parents are on board with this? I would imagine parents are on board. I have not directly heard from any parents, but I know as a mom myself, like if, if it, my kids were excited about learning, you can bet, you can bet your bottom dollar. Like I'm on board as a parent. Um, I can't imagine that a parent would not be excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we, so we got students bought in, we have parents bought in, we definitely have teachers bought in. I think this seems like an amazing idea. Now 
this is what's so amazing for all of you E2E members that are listening right now. So Shelly just told us all how escape rooms can transform student engagement and you could make these on your own, right? So um, Shelly's going to be presenting in the membership site in the month of October about how to create escape rooms, the how, the nuts and bolts of how to do it so that you can make them on your own. So make sure if you're a member, you check that out. It is a great, great presentation. Also, Shelly is going to be presenting at the upcoming New Year Reboot Conference, which I'm sending out the save the dates any moments now. So make sure you're following us on Instagram and Facebook so you know all the logistics of that. So I'm super excited to have Shelly coming back to present uh, both in October and January. Now, if you don't want to create your own and you're like, this sounds amazing, I just need Shelly to give me what I should do. How do they find this? Where do they go to find your escape rooms or your project-based learning units? Yeah. So if you just go to my store on Teachers Pay Teachers, the name of my store is my own name. Very creative, I know. So it's Shelly Reese, R-E-E-S, on Teachers Pay Teachers. You can find them right there in my store. If you use the custom categories on the left, I have a category for escape rooms and and I have a category for PBL, project-based learning. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for talking us through this. I have to say, I always kind of wondered how escape rooms worked in the classroom because they weren't around when I was still in the classroom and you've cleared it up for me. So I know my listeners appreciate you, you know, going through and giving us an idea of how these can work in the classroom. So Shelly, thank you so much for spending your time with us today. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm really looking forward to uh, coming back for the reboot at the new year and also in October to talk more about escape rooms. So thank you. Thank you so much, Shelly.